Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. So if God freely gave, we have the opportunity, and it's actually our nature to freely give. Amen. This isn't a giving message. I'm not looking for your money. I'm looking. I'm just declaring what Jesus is declaring. He wants you to give your heart. Amen. And I promise you, in giving your heart, it's called living by faith. You will be pleased with the life that it is that you're living. Come on. We know that the word says, "Without faith, it is impossible to please God." Right. Amen. And we were made in the image of God. So I have a conviction on my heart that if it's impossible to please God apart from faith, then if I live apart from faith, then I won't be pleased with the life that I live. But walking by faith, I'll be able to look myself in the mirror and say, man, I'm living by faith. That's a lover of Jesus and he's leading people into the light. And the darkness has no chance. The darkness cannot comprehend that. Yes, amen. It's just what our sister shared today. She, she has the light on the inside of herself, and she's now going to go into the world. It doesn't matter what's going on Come in on. her head. Yes. It doesn't matter what's going on in her family, yeah. in her circumstances, in her finances. God is good. Amen. And the goodness of God will reveal throughout her heart. Amen. And it must be the same for all of us, right? Amen. 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 So uh, Emily has asked us today to... Man, I'm already fired up. <laughs> he's, he's good. He's faithful. But uh, we have a, a couple testimonies that we want to share with you guys um, just to encourage you. And testimonies are simple. It's just to show you that it's not about the speaker up here. It's about God living on the inside of you. And if God lives on the inside of you, who can be against you? And if nobody can be against you, then you're going to have stories upon stories, and people are going to hear them and glorify the Father. And that is all of our desires, that God would look at our lives, and they would look and say, man, there's something going on in this person's life. I want what you have. What is it? And you say, it's Jesus, and he wants to live on the inside of you. And if he lives on the inside of you, he will reveal himself to people effortlessly. It's not about you working. It's not about you trying hard. It's not about you doing a bunch of stuff in order to impress God. He's impressed by you already. Amen. He's impressed by you. He loves you. You're his son. You're his daughter. He's impressed by you. There's no more working that we have to do for God to go, Oh, I love you so much more because you did this or because you did that. No, the life of Jesus reveals this is God's love for me. No matter what I'm going through, no matter the issues that I have, God loves me because of what he did on the cross. We have to live that life that we always go back to the cross and say, that's God's love for me. I understand that some of us might be going through some problems in our family or in our finances or in our health in general. But we cannot say, well, if God was good, why would this be happening in my life? We have to look at the cross and constantly question ourselves and say, if God wasn't good, why would Jesus go to the cross? But because Jesus went to the cross, I'm able to stand here, whether my marriage is struggling, whether my finances are tough, whether I have health issues or not, I can stand there and say the cross was enough to reveal that God loved me. And we can't filter God's goodness through our life and our circumstances and our experiences. We have to filter God's goodness through the one thing, the cross, 
the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, and you will prosper if you live that way. With the meditation of your mind upon that, and saying, God, you revealed 2,022 years ago that you loved me, and it's never going to change again in my heart. Amen? Amen. So we're going to invite Bailey up here. She's going to share a quick testimony of God's goodness. Okay? Come on. Hello, everybody. Hello. Um, I'm just feeling very encouraged this morning, and I want to say thank you. I'm going to try not to cry <laughs> because you, <laughs> it's, it might just come out. Um, you all reminded me that the, uh, the presence of the Lord is joy, yes. right? Amen. And we can live in that presence, and we can taste it. It's very real. It's very tangible. It's not just something that we're like, oh, yeah, the Lord is joy. Like, no, we can experience that. Um, and with that comes freedom and love and peace and everything else, right? Um, so I wanted to thank you for that because I really needed it. Um, I guess something that's really been on my heart, I'll try to keep it short and sweet. Um, so this... Um, adventure we'll say here being here in South Africa has been one of the most beautiful and exciting experiences of my life also one of the most difficult um, my husband and I <laughs> we found out last week about a week ago right before we came here that we're pregnant Woo! Woo! Awesome. <laughs> And I will say, the Lord told us we were going to be, but I didn't believe it. I was like, Lord, no, there's no way. But, so we are. Um, so I say it's been the most difficult because I have just started experiencing symptoms of pregnancy in a different country. <laughs> and so it's been, like I said, both a blessing but also difficult. Um, so kind of like with this presence of the Lord and His joy, um, I've just been refreshed in that this morning and just reminded that God is not this big. Our problems are this big. Come on. Right? Amen. And he is Amen. huge. Like we can't, we Amen. oftentimes, I'll speak for myself, I oftentimes try to put him in a box and he doesn't fit in a box. But mm. my problems do. They're very small <laughs> compared to the Lord. And um, so with, you know, just my journey here, there's been times where if I focus on my problems, my symptoms, my, my illness, if I'm not feeling well, it looks huge if I don't focus on the Lord, and He looks small, but that's very backwards. Um, so, I don't know, I guess, with everything, <laughs> with everything going on, um, there's just so much love and hope and joy and peace and life. There's life in the Lord. Um, so I wanted to encourage us with that this morning, and also I had a scripture come to my heart because... The Lord is the same regardless of if we're in Michigan or if we're here in South Africa with you. Like, it is the same God. And scripture says that too. So Ephesians 4, verse 4 through 6 says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Mm -hmm. And he dwells in us. 
Um, I guess one last piece of encouragement too is community. And I feel like that's been emphasized a lot this morning through different people who have spoken. Um, You have people, like you have the Lord in you. He loves you and he's amazing. And with him, you can do anything. You also have people around you who love you and want to be in your corner and want to support you and speak life and truth over you. Um, I can be prideful sometimes in saying, that's too embarrassing, I can't ask for help, I can't do this, and um, the Lord has really been teaching me humility, and like, it's okay, it's actually better if you ask for help from your brothers and sisters, and when I have done that, they've given me truth and spoken life over me, and um, it's just been so fruitful, so I encourage you all here to, and um, just really step into his joy, and also the beautiful community that you have here. Thank you. That's beautiful. Is this for me? This is I will thirst again, though. Jesus. My wife said I need to slow down a bit. We go fast at times. I just get excited. It's the goodness of God. So let's uh, let's turn to our Bibles to John. We're talking about the Word, and Jesus was the Word made flesh. And if Jesus was the Word made flesh, louder. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. If Jesus, if, I know. If Jesus was the Word made flesh, then we must become the Word made flesh. Let's go to John one. John one verse one. If you're there, say, I'm there. I'm there. If you're not there, say, I'm not there. Okay, praise God. Okay, in John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word. Was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And we see this Bible, and we say, oh, that's a book that I read. No, this needs to be a man that you see. I'll say that again. We see this Bible, and we say it's a book that I read. And this needs to go from a book that you read to a man that you see. And if you can see this man, and you can see this word, and you say, I'm reading a person right now. I'm reading about, not about somebody, I'm reading who this person is. And if we can see it like that, your life will be changed and transformed. You will start to walk as we were called to walk with God in the cool of the day. Having a relationship with God. Talking to God. My wife and I have an amazing relationship, but if I don't talk to her, there is no relationship. We would call that a bad marriage. We might not even be able to call that a marriage. It says it on paper, but, but, but we have to have communion. We have to have fellowship. We have to have conversation. And if we have conversation, then when something happens, 
and somebody comes against her and says something wrong about her that is not true, I'm able to stand in the gap and say, hey, that is not the wife that it is that I have. And we need to do the same thing with God. That when somebody approaches us and they say something about God that is not true, you say, actually, I've been reading my word and that is not who God is. God does not kill people. He does not hurt people. He does not steal our money. The Bible says that the enemy came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So if you see stealing, or you see killing, or you see destroying, we know that that doesn't have anything to do with who our God is. Our God is not that person. And what we can't do is we can't start having a Christian life and attributing God to those attributes. Saying those are God's characteristics because they are not God's characteristics. God's characteristics are said right after that. The enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that we may have life and life more abundantly. And that only comes, that only happens when the Word becomes flesh, when the Word becomes a person, when the Word becomes somebody. To us, And we are no longer reading about somebody, but we are talking to somebody. We are communicating with somebody. Because He is still alive. Amen? Amen. In verse 2, He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Amen. I came here to tell you today that you're not going to find life apart from Jesus. Amen. We went out into the streets yesterday, and there were quite a few people that we ran into that said, I need more money, I need a job, I need finances, I need everything other than Jesus. And that's all that we have to offer, is Jesus. Amen. And so people are constantly looking and looking for things in their life to try and sustain them. Whether it is finances, whether it is drugs or alcohol, whether it is another human being, a spouse, a girlfriend or a boyfriend. We're looking for happiness in so many different areas. And yet Jesus says that I am the life. I am the only place that you are actually going to find life. I was just joking with Emily. She gave me this bottle of water and I said, I'll drink this water, but I will thirst again. I will need another drink. But when you take a drink from Jesus himself, he is the drink that never, ever runs dry. He satisfies you. I promise you, if you continue to look other places and you continue to say just like I said a few minutes ago if you continue to to put God through a test and say you're only good if you do this you're only good if you do that and no he's you have to know that he's good because of what he did on the cross for us and if he's good because of what he did on the cross for you no matter if you have that money in your hand no matter if you see the breakthrough that it is that you're looking for you're still sustained in your mind you're still prospering in your soul You're still able to have a smile on your face even though troubles are coming towards you. 
The Bible says that God prepares a table in the midst of your enemies. Your enemies can be circumstances that are coming toward you, and God's making a table for you to take and to eat. And to take and to eat. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. So we must take and we must eat of him. What does that mean? It simply means connection, Amen. communication, a relationship, talking, having questions. Just like Bailey was talking about, it's not bad to have questions. But you have been given an answer, and his name is Jesus. And if he becomes your answer, you will find that this Christian walk is a lot simpler than we have made it to be. That's good news. Amen. We've only come to give good news. Amen? Amen. Jump down to verse 13. John 1, verse... No, John 1, verse 14. 13 is good too, but John 1, 14. I wanted to say this. And the Word became flesh. This Word, this Word became flesh. And dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory... And the glory as of the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. We must be a people that are full of grace and full of truth. Because when the Word becomes flesh, it is full of grace and it is full of truth. I know Emily has expressed to you guys what grace is. It's not just God's mercy, although God's mercy is amazing. God's mercy hung on a cross for you. It said, hey, I'm going to pay your penalty. I'm going to pay the debt that is yours because I love you. And then I'm going to raise from the dead to reveal that I am God. Mm-hmm. That's mercy. Amen. And he said, hey, your debt has been paid. Your bill has been paid. How many of us love when our bills are paid? <laughs> Amen. Amen. I love when my bills are paid. Praise God. We got some bills to pay when we get home. For sure. <laughs> But I love when my bills are paid. That's mercy. Amen. And grace now comes on my behalf. And it's not only the message of mercy, but it's me able to now walk out what happened on that cross. That's what grace is. Mercy says you are forgiven. Grace says I'm going to empower you to forgive. It's the power on the inside of us to walk out this Christian life and look like Jesus. Because that is what we are called to, yes? If you didn't know when you received Jesus that it wasn't just a get out of hell free card. It wasn't just a now you're going to heaven. It was a heaven coming inside of you so that you could bring it into all the world. Jesus' prayer was on earth as it is in heaven. And so we need to take that and embrace that. And say I'm called to look like heaven to everybody around me. And it's the beautiful gift that God has given us and it's that abundant life that we're all longing for. When we walk and live in love like Jesus walked, lived in love. And some of us don't think that that's possible. Some of us don't believe that looking like Jesus is actually possible. And I'm here to tell you that is a lie from the pit of hell. That is a lie from the enemy. Because if I were the enemy, I would be trying to convince you that you couldn't look like Jesus. 
So you might as well accept the fact that you're always going to be a sinner, and you're always going to be a problem, and you're never going to actually look like Jesus. Or, what Jesus says is, walk in the light as I am in the light. And it would be cruel if God called us to something that was not possible. But it is possible to look like Jesus. It is possible to look just like Jesus. Because he wouldn't call us to it if it were not possible. And through God, all things are possible. And so I'm called to lean into God. I'm called to lean into his arms. And embrace the love that it is that he has for me. Because he loves us so much. What I love about about children, and I saw them a lot. I saw it on your, your lap, sir, is that your son was just sitting on your lap. And you had your daughter as well sitting on your lap, yes? Oh, you had your, oh, you had, you had your, oh it was her daughter. But the beautiful thing is about children is Jesus compares children and us yeah. to the same. Yeah. That we must jump on the lap of our Father yeah. and be His and be held by Him. We must run to our Father's arms and say, Dad, can I just sit on your lap? Can I embrace you? Can I hold you? And you have no question. There is no maybe, maybe not. No, it's absolutely. Come on in. Amen. I have open arms for you, and I'm available. And those open arms are open every day. It's not just open on a Sunday morning. They're open on Sunday night. They're open on Monday and Tuesday. They're open every single day, every single second. God is willing to embrace you. God is willing to comfort you. God is willing to love you. And that's where you see the goodness of God revealed in your life. And now you walk into the world and you are good to everybody around you. Why? Because you've been held. And you get to hold the people that are next to you. You get, you get to hold the ones that are next to you. You're able to bear each other's burdens. Amen. Why? Because you've been held. Awesome. Beautiful. I see that you're going through a problem in your family. Yeah, but I've been held by the Father. And when He holds me, I look like I look like Him. And I like looking like my dad. I love looking like my dad. It's the gift that He's given us. Some of us are looking for purpose in our life. Our sister talked about it today. We're looking for purpose. Why am I here, God? Why am I on this earth? It's to look like Jesus. Whether you are a businessman and you are successful, whether you are a mom with ten kids and you're a great mom, that is not why you're on this earth. I understand, yes, those, 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 those situations need people and God has called you to that. But do not miss the purpose of why you're on this earth. It's to embrace Jesus and it's to look like Jesus. So the world would see Jesus and go, man, there is a God that is in heaven and he's changing lives. We ran into a gentleman yesterday when we were out. You rocked it yesterday. You did so good. Oh my gosh, my whole team did so good. Preaching the gospel, interpreting. Oh my gosh, it was so good. But we ran into a gentleman and we said, hey, uh, do, you, do you believe in God? And he said, he said, no. And we said, why not? And he said, because I've, I've never seen him. I can't, I can't see him. And it's a shame. Because he was standing right in front of them. He was standing right in front of them through our eyes and through our hearts. Just with open arms and saying, hey, open your eyes to see what it is that is available. It's a new life. 
It's a new opportunity. It's, it's, it's understanding. When you, when you look into the eyes of God, you understand why it is that we're here on this earth, and it's just simply to love. Go to, go to John, verse 5. Chapter 5, sorry. Go to John, chapter 5. I did, brother, but I think I was wrong. Yes, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry, go to Luke 8. Luke chapter 8. And this is just a simple, small story of when we are restored by the goodness of God. And He enters into our heart. And then we're going to have Miss Judy share another testimony and I'll close for us. But there is a demon-possessed man that Jesus runs into. And this man is hurting himself. He's cutting himself. He's, he's actually been separated from the people that he's around. And in Luke chapter 8, verse 26. It says, Then they sailed to the country of the Gardenus, which is opposite Galilee. And when he stepped out of the land, there met him a certain man from a city who had demons for a long time. And he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. Guys, we're called to pull people out of the tombs. People that have been dead. People that have been lost. People that have been broken. We're called to go into all the world. As Emily said today, to go into all the world and preach the goodness of God. That He loves people. And that He paid for them. And that He wants them. And I promise you, if you step into that, I know that it might be scary. It might be intimidating. You might think you might lose your job. Or that your friends might not talk to you. But they will thank you when they reach heaven. And you stand before them. They're going to say thank you for not worrying about your job. Thank you for not worrying about your friends or your family. Thank you for worrying about me. Thank you for putting Jesus on and saying, hey, it doesn't really matter. I just want to share the love of God with you. And you'll realize in that moment when you walk away from that conversation, this is what I was made for. To pull people out of those tombs as Jesus is. I just kind of ruined the story, but yeah, Jesus is about to pull out of the tombs. Verse 28 When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him with a loud voice What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of God, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. Let's not torment. The people we're trying to save, but give them the goodness of God. I've just come with grace and I've come with truth. I've come forgiven and now I'm going to forgive you. 
I've come with love because I've been loved upon and now I'm here to love you. We have to take these things in and embrace them. For he commanded the unclean spirit after he spoke to him to come out of the man. And it had often seized him and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles and he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. Jesus asked him saying, what is your name? He said, Legion, because many demons had entered him. And they begged him that he would not <coughs> command them to go out but into the abyss. And then we're going to jump down. Yeah, we'll just keep reading. Then the demons, uh, yeah, 32. Now a herd of swine was feeding there on the mountain. So they begged Jesus that he would permit them to enter them, and he permitted them. Then the demons went out of the man and entered the swine. And, they, and the herd ran violently into the steep place, into the lake, and drowned. I was preaching this last Sunday, or a couple, two Sundays ago at our church in America, and I realized that verse. It said that the demons had led the swine off the cliff, and they drowned them. You guys, these people that we're going into all the world and preaching the gospel to, these ones that are in the tombs, the dead people, the ones that are lost in their sins, the only thing sin is leading them to is drowning them. It's going to kill them. It's going to destroy them. It's going to lead them into a life of, of issues and not understanding their purpose, not having any meaning towards life. But if we can stand up and say, it doesn't matter what you're going to think about me. I'm just going to preach the gospel to you and believe the best. God works on your behalf and says, I'm going to work through you. If you, if you say yes, God, you can use me. He says, I'm not going to miss out on that opportunity. I am going to use you. And I'm going to speak my truth through you. And I'm going to reveal the goodness of God through you that my child may see who I am and let me love them again. And let me walk into those arms again and be embraced. When those who fed, uh, when those who fed them, the farmers, saw what had happened, they fled and told it into the city and the country. Oh, I just want to say something real quick. Your workmates, the people that you work with, the people that are in your circle that you spend time with. Yeah. When we preach the gospel and somebody that they know receives the gospel and they are changed and transformed, they're going to go into all the world and they're going to tell people about what happened when this person accepted Jesus. You won't even have to put in the work. God is going to work on your behalf. Okay. He's going to be there for you. He's going to preach the gospel through other people. And they're going to say, hey, come look at this guy. He was really, really weird. And now he's really, really in love with people. And he's smiling and he's happy. Watch what happens. It says, then they went out, verse 35. Then they went out to see what had happened and came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus. Isn't that what we're called to? Sit at the feet of Jesus. Clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. That might happen, you guys, when you sit at the feet of Jesus. They might look at your life and be a little bit afraid. Because love has entered into the room. And just like we read back in John 1, it said, when, 
I think it says the light came into the world and darkness could not comprehend it. When you step into a dark situation and you are the light of the world, darkness doesn't know what to do but to flee. Yes, amen. We just need to turn the lights on, right? When it's dark in here, we just turn the lights on and darkness is completely gone. It vanishes. And we need to bring that light into the world and embrace that we are the light and we're going into the world. Amen? Amen. It says, then the whole multitude, or no, uh, they also had seen it was told to them by what means he had been demon-possessed and was healed. 37. Then the whole multitude surrounding the region of the guardians asking him to depart from there. For they, uh, for they were seized with great fear, and he got into the boat and returned. That is our story. That is each of our story, you guys. That we once were in darkness, and now we are in light. That the gospel that was preached, I accepted as my own. And as accepting it as my own, now I get to walk into all the world. And be the light of the world. And not be surrounded and beaten up and torn down and blinded by darkness. But we get to actually go into the world and be the light. And we have to accept that truth for ourselves. We have to accept that He now lives in me and now the light of the world is in me and now I'm going to go into it. And I'm going to show the world who they truly were meant to be. And it's a great, great, great opportunity. It's a great calling to accept. I was, uh, at one point in my life, I was, I was one of those people. I was living in darkness. I had a drug issue. I had a me issue. I'll just say it like that. Have any, has anybody had me issues before? Like I was the problem. I was so full of pride. I was so full of self-centeredness, bitterness. I was a liar. And I ended up um, going to one of the most loneliest places in my life. I ended up going to jail. And after jail, I, uh, I got out of jail realizing in that moment how empty my soul was. How I had nothing going, going for me and I had no life on the inside of my heart. And I decided in that moment I was going to give Jesus a chance. I mean, my life was so broken. I had nothing really left to give. So I'm like, I'll just reach out to God and maybe He can help me out. Maybe he can lift me up. I had no job. I had no money. I had no friends. And so in that moment, I reached out to God and I tried to speak to him. I tried to tell him all the bad things that I had done and the issues that I had. And before I could even speak, God spoke to me. I just want to tell you before you speak to God, he's already speaking to you that he loves you. As a mother or a father in here, you know your children, when they run to you, you already love them. And a lot of times kids are trying to get back into your, your, your good graces or, or your love. They're already in your love. And you're hoping that they would know that. But if they don't know that, you're saying, hey, my arms are open. And you know that the, the fridge is always open. My love is always open. I'm always available. And that's the God that I ran into. And he spoke to me before I could say my first words. And he said, Tyler, I understand. It was the first time that God had ever spoken to me. He said, Tyler, I understand that you're sorry for the life that it is that you live. I understand that you wish you wouldn't have gone down that path. 
and I'm here. And I'm available. And I have a plan for your life. And the presence of God, what we experienced during worship, that presence was in my room for the first time in my life. And it stayed there. It stayed there so long that I actually fell asleep. And I took a three-hour nap and I woke up and it was still there. Guys, I hadn't done anything for three hours other than rest. Other than rest and God was still there. After I had just gone to jail, after I had just disappointed my family, after I had just messed up my whole life, God was still there. And He has never, for eight and a half years, He has never left me, not once. There has never been a moment in my eight-year walk that I haven't thought that He was with me. And He doesn't have to do that. There's one point where Jesus says to Thomas, He said, Blessed are those who believe without seeing. I feel like in my life, I feel God, so I almost to a degree, I see Him. Blessed are those who believe without seeing, so just keep their hearts upon the Lord and say, just like I believed eight years ago, I'm going to believe today that your cross changed me, your resurrection changed me, and that's what's going to change the people around me. I don't want to water down that message. I don't want to get used to it. As our brother was saying, we can't look at the word and say, I've heard that. We need to continue to remind ourselves and remind ourselves and remind ourselves about the cross. That's what will keep you running well. And so for eight years... I've been so in love with Jesus. And He's changed my life and I live thankful every single day. I can't, I can't, I couldn't believe eight years ago that this is what would happen. And you can't see that old man that used to walk that. You can't see that. You're not supposed to. You're not supposed to see the mess up and the brokenness that I had. I'm not carrying that. I'm carrying what Jesus did on my shoulders. And what He did is He says, You're my son. You are beautiful. You are holy. You are loved. And I put that on every single day. And I walk and people go, and and, and you have people's eyes open and they say, why are you so happy? Because I'm loved by God. I'm not looking for love anymore. I'm not taking drinks from cups that aren't going to sustain me. I've taken one drink from Jesus and I know what drink I want every single time. My life is a restaurant, and the waiter comes up and says, what do you want to drink? I just say, Jesus. I just want Jesus. That's all I want, and that's the life that we're called to, is I just want Jesus. And you will be sustained. He is the sustainer. Amen. I'm going to ask Judy to come up and share another testimony, and and then we'll end, okay? Is that okay, Emily? Okay. Come on up, Judy. Um, hello, everybody. Um, thank you so much for you guys' this warm welcome and just the way our hearts have been filled while we're here. Um, I guess thank you is kind of an inadequate word to use because you guys have been so kind. But um, I just, um, the way God has been sharing with me, um, just creation. I don't know if you guys are like me, but I love creation. It kind of awes me to look at a sunset when it's like, whoo, God painted a beautiful sky today. It's just so beautiful to look at all the things that he's created. Um, the other day we went to an aquarium and just to look at the creatures and stuff and every little detail. And um, I just wanted to remind you that you are God's creation. 
Um, scripture tells us that we were actually knitted together in our mother's womb and that um, we are that same beauty. Like when you look at a sunset, um, that's what God created in you is that beauty. Um, recently, um, I have five grandchildren, brag, brag, brag. Um, my nine-year-old granddaughter um, was visiting me and um, she's nine, so she's kind of going through this thing of her hair not looking right or whatever. And we were standing in front of the mirror and she said to me, she said, um, what do you look, what do you think when you look in the mirror? What do you see? And um, I stood there for a minute and whenever your grandchildren are children, you want to give them the right answer. And I said, I see Jesus. And um, she always says this. She always goes, I'm missing her. Can you tell? <laughs> she always goes, whenever I say something profound, she always goes, oh. And, um, and I said in my heart, I said, Lord, help me to see that because that's what I want to be. I, want, I don't want to see my laugh lines. Um, <laughs> I don't want to see my gray hair poking out. I want to see Jesus. And if I can do that, then whenever anybody sees me, I can be his reflection. And that's who they can see. So um, my prayer for you guys is just that when you don't see brokenness, when you look in the mirror, that you just see Jesus living inside of you. So that's all I have. Praise God. I got about four minutes, so let's flip to one more verse. 2 Corinthians. Two Corinthians three, verse eighteen. I love what I love what Judy talked about because it is the key to life itself, to seeing ourselves like Jesus sees us. The Bible actually says in, in one John four, verse seven verse seventeen through nineteen. It says, Just as he is, so are we in this world. And we have to believe that. We have to believe that just as Jesus is, so am I. And some of us say, I haven't done enough to look like Jesus. And Jesus says, I, I, I beg to differ. I think differently. You have accepted my son. And that's what I've asked you to do is accept my son. And that's what we're going to ask you to do in a few minutes. But I just want to share one thing with you that has completely and totally changed my life as a Christian. And it's exactly what Judy's talking about is looking at ourselves in the mirror and seeing Jesus. And I want to show us practically how to do this. It's a simple verse. It says, but we, believers, the ones who have accepted Jesus and say, He is my Savior, He is my Lord, I believe that He died on the cross and rose for me on the third day and He lives on the inside of me. This is for believers. But we all, with an unveiled face, no more hiding ourselves, Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And that verse, you guys, has completely and totally changed my life because we all want transformation in our lives. 
We all want to look differently. We all want to look like Jesus. And we say, Tyler, how do I look like Jesus? A lot of the times in church, we, we say things, but we don't give an explanation or a practice of how to actually do it. We just preach it, and because you clap your hands, we think we're doing a good job. But I want to share something with you very practically about how we are called to look like Jesus, and it's exactly what he's saying. He's saying, beholding as in a mirror. Jesus says when you pray, go into your secret place, go into a place alone, and pray. And behold as in a mirror, right? So what we do is we say, okay, Jesus, you ask for prayer. This is what I'm going to do. Is I'm going to go into my room and I'm going to be alone with you. And it doesn't need to be in a room. I'm just giving you an example. It can be while you're walking throughout the streets. Yes. It can be while you're in your vehicle. And you say, okay, I'm supposed to behold in a mirror. So in a mirror, I see Jesus. And Jesus, you are beautiful. And you declare that over yourself. Thank you, Jesus, for making me beautiful. Because I'm looking at a mirror, and a mirror reflects back to us, right? We see ourselves. Thank you, Jesus, for making me beautiful. And God, as you're walking throughout your day, is going to reveal beauty to people. And you say, Father, thank you for making me a forgiver. You're a forgiver, and that means I'm a forgiver. And now you'll start to see yourself forgiving others. And you're looking like Jesus. And in you looking like Jesus, people want what it is that you have. You say, Father, thank you that you are a lover. That you love unconditionally. That there is no boundaries, there is no, there is no barriers. You love unconditionally. And Jesus says back to you, you are an unconditional lover. And you get to say, thank you, Father. Thank you that you have made me an unconditional lover. And when you go throughout your day, you will unconditionally love people. It's what we're talking about. That's a relationship. It's communication. It's connection. It's love. And it's the beautiful gift that God has given us. To be embraced by God, to love God, and to watch Him go on the inside of us and reveal, us, or reveal Himself to other people. And it's the message that we came here all the way from America to simply tell you that you're loved by God. And he loves you and He wants to embrace you every single day. Every single day. And if you let Him, you will start to see why I'm a Christian. There are too many, re there are too many people not understanding the beauty of Christianity. Let's be a people that reveal that Christianity is a good word. It's not a bad word. And that there is a reason that we accepted Jesus. It's to look like Him, to bring Him into all the world, and to give ourselves to something. Amen. And to reveal the goodness of God to people. And that will draw men to repent and follow God. Amen? We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.